So we read here in Matthew 24, uh, you know, they asked him in verse number three, uh, what uh, what shall be the sign of thy coming? Verse number three of Matthew 24. Tell us when shall be these things and what shall be the sign of thy coming and the end of the world? Jesus answered and said unto them, take heed that no man deceive you. Boom, right there's one thing as a believer. You should be emphasizing in the last yes, times. Yes. And, and do you know anything about how deception works? Do you know anything about how to keep, avoid deception? And, and uh, there's two primary things to protect you against deception, from, from falling into deception. Number one, uh, well, there's, there's a number of things, but you've got to keep washing yourself with the water of the word. And you've got to approach it with humility and not with pride and not with your own agenda and so forth. And then number two, you have to keep a clear conscience and uh, listen to the teacher on the inside. 1 John 2, 27, the anointing teaches you all things and is truth and is no lie. How many of you can tell me what the context of that verse is? If you look it up, read the verses before it, the context is deception. Deception in the last days. So there's a lot we could get into and maybe we will because there's a lot of false doctrines going around, a lot of things being said. So we won't get into that this morning. But many things, many shall come in my name saying I am Christ shall deceive many. And uh, you'll hear of wars, rumors of wars. Be, see that you be not troubled. Boom. End time teaching for the, last, for, the, for the believer in the last times. Don't let your heart be troubled. That's instructions for the end times. Don't let your heart be troubled. For all these things must come to pass, not because of the will of God, but just because of the fallen nature of man and so forth. But the end is not yet. Nations shall rise against nation, kingdom against kingdom, and so forth. Diverse places, pestilence, earthquakes, famines. Uh, these are the beginning of sorrows. Verse 8, then he said, afflictions, and they'll try to kill you. Many will be offended. Verse 10, false prophets. Verse 11, iniquity will abound. In verse 12, uh, the love of many will wax cold. And then he said... He that endures to the end shall be saved. Boom, there's another end time teaching for the believer. Endure, steadfast, stay steadfast. And this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in all the world for witness unto all nations. Then shall the end come. Boom, right there. Be a part of getting the gospel out. Praise the Lord. So there's a lot of things in there. Come over to Luke 21 now because um, this is also some of this, uh, this is a record of Jesus teaching. We see in Luke 21 some of the same things. Starts around verse 8. We won't go into it. Uh, but he does address not being deceived in Luke 21, 8. Um, and then he addresses in verse 9. When you hear of wars and commotions, he, he said, be not uh, terrified. Boom. Right there's something you're supposed to emphasize. Amen. Nations shall rise against nation. He goes through the things we just read. And so... Um, down in verse 16, he talks about uh, you shall be betrayed both by parents and so forth. That's something you need to uh, have a little bit of knowledge of the Bible, how to, be, how to stand in faith against things like betrayal, yeah. uh, false accusations, yeah. reproach. Yeah. Uh, that's one of the devil's favorite weapons. That's, that's, that's how they crucified Jesus, yeah. false accusations. Yes. You need to know something about how to stand against that. And, uh, and so there's, there's, I don't have time to get into all that, but there's a whole three-part series you could do on that. Because uh, you need to realize that, uh, that uh, when those things come, that you can overcome it by faith. Yeah. Right. Amen. Right. Verse 17, hated by all men. Uh, look at verse 18, not a, very ha not a hair of your head shall perish. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. 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 
Some of you need to realize that said that in there. I mean, looking at some of you. Anyway, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding. All right. Then he said in verse 25, we're skipping a lot, but verse 25, there'll be signs in the sun and in the moon and in the stars and upon the earth, distress of nations with perplexity. The sea and the waves roaring. You look that up. Distress of nations means, and the Amplified brings it out, wanting in resources. Basically, he's basically saying lacking resources and uh, no answers. With perplexities means everybody's perplexed. They don't know what to do. Um, You know, not uh, resist. Just because they don't have answers doesn't mean there's not answers. It's just that they don't want the answer to be what the answer is. And so if you don't want to receive what the answer is, then you don't have an answer. That doesn't mean it's not available. That's the truth about it. And then he said here, verse number 9, no, no, verse number 26. He said, uh, see in the waves roaring, verse 25. Then in verse number 26, men's hearts failing them for fear, for looking after those things which are coming on the earth, for the powers of heaven shall be shaken. Well, that's some instructions in the last days for us not let that happen. The enemy is going to be greatly oppressing people's minds, bringing thoughts of hopelessness, despair, despondency. We've got an epidemic of it in our nation today. People, more people on medications than in the history of the planet. Most of it's just because of hopelessness, depression, disappointments, discouragement, things didn't turn out right, anxiety, fear, all those things, which the Bible has answers for all those things. I'm so thankful that uh, I went, God sent me to a Bible school where the, the answers were taught and it wasn't a band-aid on a cancer kind of answer. It was get the root of that thing out. Amen. So, uh, men's hearts failing them for fear. Now, look here. For looking after those things which are coming on the earth. For looking after. That's what I want to spend some time talking about this morning. Um, uh, You know, teaching on some of this. Not Learning not to look at all this stuff. Listening to a lot of end time teaching keeps people's focus on the wrong things. I mean, you let a tsunami ha- happen over in Asia or something like that, all the end time teachers, like Pez dispensers, you know, pop out their head and something, and they get on there talking about the tsunami. Did anybody grow up with a Pez candy dispenser like I did? I mean, you, just, you can just guarantee they're all going to get on there and talk about tsunamis. Tsunamis have been happening for a long time. That's not sheep food for you. Every time that a tsunami happens, every time that an earthquake happens, every time that some war starts, listening to all the end time teachers talk all about the end time, in that sense, it's not sheep food for you. That will not build your faith. I'm not saying it's not important that you understand that, that these things will happen. I'm just simply saying, he said in Luke 21, verse 26, to not be, not have your attention totally absorbed with that. We're going to need to, you know, put you in a padded cell if you don't quit it. Amen. I am preaching real good. Thank you very much. 
Men's hearts failing them for fear and for looking. That's another word for their attention is on all these things. Amen. Your attention is not to be on all those things. Because it'll mess with you. It'll, it'll, it'll tear you up on the inside. I know from whence I speak. You got you to gotta pull the needle out of your arm. The, the, the 24-hour news cycle needle. You know what I'm talking about? You got to... It's not that it's wrong to kind of keep your pulse, keep your finger on the pulse of what's happening. It's just that that should be just a a casual look, just in case you need to know anything. And then the rest of your time is all absorbed with what God said he would do for you in the last days. What are we to be about in the last days? I don't know if you've ever thought about it, but all these things that, uh, you know, all these tsunamis and earthquakes and all the stuff, wars and all that, do you know that's all the devil's activity in the last days? Where in the Bible did it say we're to have our gaze fixed on what the devil's doing? I really have a beef with some of these, some of these people. Now, I'll say that, I'll say that with a caveat. You can use that to get people saved. So if that's their goal, then great, fine. But that's not sheep food for you. You understand the way I say that. The Bible says with some people, uh, get them into the kingdom with fear. <laughs> Amen. In other words, you don't want to go through all this. You want, you, want to have, you want to have the answer for all this. So get over here into the kingdom of God. If that's what you want to do, great. Get people saved. But don't, don't think, that, don't you as the body of Christ think that that's what you're supposed to be tuned in on. Amen. Amen. So, um, all this that we read about is not God doing all this. There is wrath. The Bible does talk about the wrath of God over in the tribulation. But what we see today is not the wrath of God. It's just the man opening the door to the devil. He's going about with great, but Satan's going about today with great wrath, knowing his time is short. But... What you and I need to be focused on in the last days is what we're supposed to be doing in the last days. We're supposed to be enduring uh, to the end and and to be bringing, we should be a part of God's end time events, not Satan's end time events. Our focus is to be on what the kingdom of God is doing. The kingdom of God is thriving in the end times. Now, I didn't say, uh, you know, everybody's thriving. I said people that are in the kingdom flowing in what the kingdom of God's doing, what God's doing in the end times, they thrive in the end times. The Bible says evil men and seducers will wax worse and worse. It says the church will go from glory to glory. Hallelujah. That's our flow. Our flow is not their flow. What's happening out there does not belong to the church. Praise the Lord. I want to read to you. I hope he's watching. Um, But... um, they usually are. I want to read to you a couple of paragraphs out of Pastor Ike's last newsletter. Yes. Yeah. There's a lot in there, a lot more than I'm going to read this morning. But uh, I just want to read a couple of these paragraphs. He, he mentions uh, Hebrews 12, 1 and 2, seeing we're compassed about so great a cloud of witnesses, lay us at every weight, sin so easily sets us, let us run with patience the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus. Looking unto Jesus, and he keys in on that, the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, sat down on the right hand of the throne of God. And so he said this, the events that are happening in the world today point to the importance of holding our gaze on Jesus. The Amplified says, rather than looking unto Jesus, says looking away from all that would distract unto Jesus. 
Can I just say it blunt? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. The list we just read, tsunamis, earthquakes, wars, all that. Let me tell you what they are. Distractions. Distractions. I said they're distractions. And to the degree you're keyed into them is the degree you're not growing in faith. You have, to, you, you have to pay attention to what builds faith in your life, not attention to what builds unbelief or fear in your life. So the events that are happening in the world today, Pastor Ike says this, I guess it's Pastor Ike, maybe we should give Pastor Gerald credit for it. He didn't say it here. We'll assume it's Pastor Gerald. How's that? <laughs> uh, the events that are happening in the world today point to the importance of holding our gaze on Jesus. Anything that doesn't feed your faith is a distraction. Yes. 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 I'm telling you, we got to get this. Anything that does not feed your faith is a distraction. And that's exactly what the enemy is looking to do in all, with all that is going on around us to distract us from what is needful, our faith. Amen, that is good. This is the victory that overcomes the world, including the distractions of this age, even our faith. I mean, key in on what's going to build faith into you, which is what gives you the ability to overcome everything that is happening around you. Praise God. And then he went on to say, it's easy to get carried away with what's happening in the world. But we have to remind ourselves, oh, this is so good. (laughs) Testing, one, two, three. We have to remind ourselves that though we are in the world, we are not of it. That means that the experiences of the world do not belong to us. Then listen to this. This is so good. God separated us from the experiences of the world when he raised us with Christ and made us sit in heavenly places. I like that. That seating was a separation. We were raised above it. Now let me just address something here. People hear this and they think, do you all think you're better than us? No, but we just think we have a better position. Yes. Yes. We just have a better righteousness. Yes. And we have better rights and privileges than we used to have. Right. And let me say, if we have a better position, that is the position of authority over all the forces of darkness, all the forces that are behind all these things that are happening around us, if we have a better position, that position of authority, wouldn't that produce a different experience? Yes. If we would walk in the light of it, sure it would. Not because we're better than anybody else. Anybody can get in on this. Amen. God said, this is Pastor Wright, God separated us from the experiences of the world when he raised us with Christ and made us to sit in heavenly places. But it is through our faith that we live this wonderful life that is separated from that of the world. Wow, wow, wow. There's a whole bunch of sermons in there. Thank you, Jesus. Remember Mary and Martha? The Bible said, Jesus said that uh, she was cumbered with much serving. 
In other words, she was, she was full of anxiety about all, all that she had to do and so forth and so on. Um, you, can be, you can be cumbered with all that's going on around you. You can be cumbered with much serving like she was, but, but there are a lot of things you can be uh, weighed down with or distracted by or burdened in your heart by. Um, I've learned... I've learned the only difference between people who are cumbered and people who are not is where their attention is. It's not that they have a different, or, or people that are not cumbered, it's not that they don't have things come against them. It's not that they don't have things that are there enticing them or luring them out of peace or out of uh, uh, joy into anxiety. It's not that those things aren't there. It's that they don't give their attention to them. It's legal to ignore some things. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Absolutely. Amen. The report came that Jairus' daughter had died. Yes. Jesus had said in the Amplified, hearing, uh, uh, but, but uh, how does that say that? Hearing but overlooking or something like that. And, and ignoring, that's what it says. Hearing but ignoring. It's, it's okay to ignore the devil talking. Yes, that's right. Yes, please. Much news media is the devil talking. Yes. Yes, Absolutely. When was the last time they got on there and just for the whole news broadcast told about revivals, healings, miracles, people saved? Oh, no, they're not going to talk about that. Why? Because they're not a mouthpiece for God. They're a mouthpiece for the devil. They're spreading fear, anxiety, trouble, and you need to pull the needle out of your arm, out of your spirit, so to speak. Amen. That's... That's just good preaching, whether you know it or not. So, praise the Lord. Listen here to uh, 1 Timothy 1.4. If you've got your Bible there, you might want to turn to it. 1 Timothy 1.4. Neither give heed. Now, there's a couple of things I want you to underline here. Neither give heed. Underline give heed or give heed to. Neither give heed to fables and endless genealogies. Then he said, which minister? So underline which minister. So you've got underlined give heed to and then which minister. He said questions. In other words, don't give heed to things that minister questions. Rather than godly edifying, which is in faith, so do. Underline the word faith. So you've got which, or give heed to, you've got which minister, and you've got faith underlined. So what are we saying? Don't give heed here. Or what's he said? Don't give heed. That means pay attention, right? Don't pay attention to things which don't minister faith to you. That's good. Amen. How far from that do most Christians live? They can tell you all about the news, but they can't tell you all about the Bible. I'm just telling you the truth about it. Most Christians live real far away from uh, giving heed to what builds faith. Oh, they come to church maybe on Sunday morning. For an hour, they give heed to what builds faith. But for the rest of the week, 
And let me tell you something, the Word has too much competition. You got an hour of the Word and whatever number of hours with everything else. And the Word just gets, remember the Bible talks about in the parable of the sower, the Word gets choked out. Amen. So according to this verse, what you are giving your attention to is what will be ministered to you. Notice that, which minister, which minister, which minister. So what you give your attention to is what's going to, what's going to be ministered to you, whether it's coming from the enemy or God, whether it is what you consciously want or it's something that you're trying to get away from. Some people say, I don't want to be bound by this fear. And yet they keep latching their attention onto what is ministering fear to them. It's your mind. It's your attention. Control it. Control it. Amen. So by attending to it, you've made a connection to it. That's Romans 8, 5, and 6. Go over to Romans 8, 5, and 6. My goodness, um, we, could, we could really work with this for a while. But listen to Romans 8, 5, and 6. Look at, uh, there's, there's more here than we have time to get into again. It says in verse 5, For they are, that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh. They that are after the Spirit, you could add there also, mind the things of the Spirit. What does it mean to mind something? It means to keep it on your mind. We're revelating now, aren't we? Then he said, they, for to be carnally minded, <clears throat> that's to mind the things of the flesh. Carnal is the word for flesh, the same word. Carnally minded is what? Death. You could underline that and write, draw a line out to the margin of your Bible, and you could write out there, a troubled mind, or an anxious mind, or a, a mind bound with fear, or something like that. Yeah. Carnally minded is death. Doesn't mean it stops at the mind. It'll try to affect other areas. It'll affect people's bodies. But to be carnally minded is death. But to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Notice what your mind is on, you make a connection with. People are saved, but they're, but they're sucking, through, sucking death through a straw into their mind by, by keeping their straw tuned into whatever's ministering yeah. death to them yeah. or they're, 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 they got it, their straw in the pool of unbelief that's out there yeah. amen. amen we're just we're not going to waste any time this morning we're just going to get to it yeah. amen so by attending to something you're making a connection to it and uh, don't think well the devil the devil the devil no you have chosen to make that connection when you decide you're going to attend to something, you have a cho- you have cho- that's your choice. Yeah. Satan can't do that. That's right. That's right. When you keep your mind on the troubled thoughts of the enemy, that's your mind. Satan can't force you to think his thoughts after him. Amen. So uh, you've received that into your heart and mind. You've chosen to do that and because you've given permission for that to access your life. Whether it's death torment, trouble, all those things, or whether it's life and peace. Amen. People say, well, I just need somebody to minister to me. Well, why don't you minister to yourself? Yeah. 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 Come on. 
What am I supposed to do? Lay hands on myself? No, do verse 1 Timothy 1, 4. Yeah. Right. Give heed to what builds faith. Yeah. Give heed, give your attention to what builds faith. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Why don't you turn your attention away from what's troubling you? Amen. I, I, this is not, it might sound like it's uh, real strong this morning, but we're not, we're not, this is not designed to hit pers- people or uh, to hurt people. It's designed to wake us up and realize what we have been doing. Everybody say, we have been doing. I have done that. Amen. So the Greek word here translated minister means to hold something out to someone as an offer, to present it. Yeah. As something that's available. Yes. Right. Yes. Yeah. That's right. Amen. Amen. So both God and the enemy are offering you something. God and the enemy are offering you something. God is offering you peace. Amen. Joy. So forth. All, the, all his blessings. But what your attention on is determined by who you choose to receive from. Yep. What your attention is on determines who you choose to receive from. So uh, whether you consciously or unconsciously are doing it, you're doing it. Some people don't realize they've been paying attention to what builds unbelief into them. Amen. Well, then consciously, I mean, unconsciously they're doing it, but Satan will take advantage of it whether they do it consciously or unconsciously. Because he's just mean. He'll, he'll, he'll torment somebody. That's the way I was. I wasn't paying attention. When I was a teenager, I mean. I wasn't paying attention to my, where my attention was. Amen. And so I didn't realize I had opened the door to the enemy in my mind. So I was troubled. Vexed. I told you about that. And how, how God delivered me. And it wasn't through somebody laying hands on me or casting the devil off. Out of me or off of me or something like that. It was through me getting a hold of my attention. Amen. If somebody else ministers to you and you get a few moments of peace, then you don't know how that came, so you don't know how to keep it. Some Christians don't understand this church because we're here to teach you how to do it yourself so that you can live permanently in victory all the time, even when nobody with anointing is around. That's, That's what I want in my life. I don't want to have to depend on somebody else to keep me free. Don't depend on somebody else to keep you free any more than you depend on somebody else to give you clothes to wear every day. You don't get up and call your best friend and say, can you bring some clothes over here? No, you don't depend on somebody else to give you clothes to wear. You got your own. And that's the way I want to live in my spiritual life. I don't want to depend on somebody. Thank God other people are available. And there are divine supplies. But thank God I don't have to run to one of their meetings every time I need a little peace. Amen. I just determine what my attention is going to be on because I have a, a, a will and I can set my mind and set my gaze on the right things by an act of faith. An act of faith. Hallelujah. And so God is offering you something. Satan is offering you something. Both of them are saying, give us your attention. (laughs) Amen. And uh, whether you respond to God or whether you respond to the enemy determines what gets ministered. The devil's offering stress. 
He's offering you to look, look, look at all that's happening in the last days. He's offering you anxiety. He's offering you fear. He's offering you doubt. He's offering you offense. When it says nation will rise against nation, that means ethnic group against ethnic group. He's offering you strife. He's offering you offense. But you don't have to take it. Amen. God offers you peace, joy, life, supply, power, answers, direction, wisdom. Praise God. He offers you his care. He offers you everything he has. But the only way either God or the devil can prevail in your life or any of those things that they offer can prevail in your life is through giving your attention to them. The Bible said, Psalm 23, he prepares a table before us in the presence of our enemies. Oh, all these tsunamis and earthquakes and wars and all that, they scare me. But hey, right in the presence of it all. You can chill, chill, chill. And let me tell you, some of these things, if they try to hit real close to home, persecution because of your stand of faith or whatever, you can just chill knowing you've got a supply. Praise the Lord. I'll never forget it. I was dri- driving. No, I wasn't driving. I was flying. Flying back from Nigeria. Uh, you don't drive back from Nigeria. I was flying back from Nigeria a number of years ago and, um, you know, preached, preached a lot of meetings, took a nap. And, you know, it's a lot of hours in an airplane. So I turned on the little video thing to see if there's anything worth watching. 99.9 of it's not. But I found a documentary that uh, was of... Uh, the annual migrations and so forth of the buffalo in, uh, uh, what do you call it, um, Yellowstone National Park. I thought, oh, this might be interesting. And so I put on my headphones and started listening to it, and I loved it. Something happened in that video. I mean, I'm sitting there crying, and the Holy Ghost gets on me. You, you think I'm making it up, but wait till you hear it. What did I say, Matt? Did, you, did, you, did I say something? Oh, okay. Up here, up here. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, this little, the, the buffalo, huh? Buffalo migration, that's right. The bison, you know what a bison is? They have a little, you know, they go to certain parts of the park during the winter and other parts of the park during the summer. So anyway, and they were, the buffalo were crossing this pretty, it was in the springtime, you know, the rivers, the snow's melting, the rivers are pretty high and pretty, moving pretty good. And the buffalo had just had their calves and they're crossing these, these pretty, pretty swift flowing rivers. And this one river was, uh, you know, stronger than the other ones. And they're crossing with their calves. They, you know, I don't know how old, calves are maybe a couple weeks old, whatever. Didn't look like they're very old. And uh, they're crossing with them. And it, the, the, crew, the whoever, National Geographic crew, whoever was filming this, they were filming this and one of the little buffaloes, the current caught him and he starts moving and he, he got separated from the other ones that were crossing and he ended up about a half mile down the river on this, I guess you call it a gravel bed or whatever, you know, out in the middle of the river, there's, there's water all around, but um, uh, he, he was in, there was some water, wasn't flowing that strong between him and the, in the, in the main part of the you know, outside the river. What am I trying to say? <laughs> On the other side of the river. But, it, but he was a little scared. You know, he'd just been through all that. And uh, he's scared. So he's just standing there. He spent the night on that gravel bar. And he made it through the night. But uh, in the morning, the wolves found him. 
and they came after him. And I mean, I'm rooting for him. I'm there. I'm sitting there on that airplane. I'm, I'm rooting for this little buffalo, man. And uh, the wolves, you know, buffalo, little buffalo are not that little. I mean, they're, they're still kind of hefty. So the wolves weren't that, you know, they weren't able to take him down real quick. But they were working on him. They were coming from different angles and everything. And, and uh, I'm, I'm, I'm like, God, this can't. I'm praying for the buffalo, you know. Probably. <laughs> it probably happened three years ago. And <laughs> I'm rooting for this guy. Man, he's got to have a life. He doesn't even, I'm sitting there thinking, he's got to have a life. He doesn't even have a chance. And he, you know, anyway, some of you. So I'm rooting for him. And he's, you know, making all the noises calves make, trying to get his mama's attention. And his mama found it, heard it, and found him, and she comes down there, you know. And I'm like, oh, come on, come on, come on, come on. And uh, she got there, and, and, you know, they've got, they've got ways. They're big, and they've got ways. And she was getting, she, she, she got between the, buffalo, the baby buffalo. She got between them and the wolf. And she, they try to come, you know, she, and so they had to stay back. They were only back about five, maybe five yards, maybe not even that far, maybe, maybe just a couple yards, just a few yards. And so they're, they're, they're still looking for their chance, but mama's there. They couldn't find a chance. Well, you know, after all the little guy had been through, not all night, but in the morning there for whatever, an hour or whatever, however long it was, um, after he had, you know, he's all worked up. And so mama's there, but he's still all worked up. And so mama, she starts nuzzling him and licking him and, and she's, she's calming him down, you know, she's, and he eventually, after just maybe a minute or two, he calmed down. He just calmed down. The wolf's right there. He just calmed down. Took about 30 seconds maybe or whatever, a minute for him to calm down. And after a while, he's just real calm because mama's licking him and nuzzling him and all that. And uh, he figured, well, now's a good time for a meal. So the little buffalo starts nursing right there. The wolf is right there. And he just goes ahead and starts nursing. Right in the presence of his enemies. I'm sitting there. I'm got tears streaming down my face. I mean, I'm looking. Hope nobody sees me. Tears. I said, that's the Bible. That's the Bible. That's Psalm 23 right there. Psalm 23. He prepares a table before me in the presence of my enemies. But what did he have to do? He had to get his attention off the wolf and turn it to his mama. Can you do that? Yes, you can do that. Now, there's a, don't, don't misunderstand me. That voice that's out there trying to, you know, the, remember the Bible tells us he prepares a table in the presence of our enemies. The enemies are out there talking. They're making loud noise. They're making threats. They're saying what they're going to do. And they're saying how you're going to end up. And they're, they're, they're filling you with fear and anxiety and unbelief. You know what I'm talking about. You're going to hear these other voices, but you can turn your attention away from them. Praise God. It is an act of faith to be at peace, just like it's an act of faith to say what the Word says. Don't say what the Word says and be full of anxiety. Say what the Word says and calm down. 
Turn your attention towards your supply. Turn your attention towards the care of your father. Every right of the believer remains intact all the way through the end days. You need to get a hold of that. All your blessings, all your inheritance, all the care of your father. The, the supply, the, the peace of God, the joy of the Lord that is your strength, uh, 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 a well-balanced and calm mind. It all belongs to you all the way up until, Jesus, up until you hear that trumpet blow. It's yours. Hallelujah. It is never rescinded. It is never good. God never says, well, it's the last days. You just kind of, I don't know. We, we, we ran out of peace. No, it's all intact. So you ought to keep it intact Amen. every day of your yes. life. Amen. But, but you can't just do it by making confessions. You have to turn your attention to what you're saying, to what, to what the word says and that you're saying. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. It's what your attention on, is on that gets fed. You want to feed your anxiety? Just keep putting your attention on what is producing that anxiety. Hallelujah. When you attend to what God offers your mind and his thoughts and so forth, the things of the devil shrivel. And they become weak. And the things of God grow strong and take on strength. And you begin to prevail with them and through them. Rather than those things, you know, the enemy's things prevailing over you, the things of God, are you, you've been feeding on them. You've been nourishing your spirit with them. You've been taking them in. And they become stronger and stronger and stronger. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. That's good preaching. Amen. Thank God for the word. The things that either God or the devil offer you are only able to prevail as a result of giving your attention to them. Amen. So when faith says, when the Bible says faith comes by hearing, it's telling you that faith is being held out to a person whenever they hear the word. That's what that means. Remember, minister means to offer something. Let me go back here. It means to uh, hold something out as an offer, make it available. So when it says faith comes by hearing, it's saying faith is offered to you by hearing. Isn't that right? It's telling us that it's held out uh, being offered, uh, but as you hear it, you've got to turn your attention to it. And as you turn your attention to it, it'll, what, what you hear will drop into your spirit. Yes. Amen. Amen. And, uh, but then you have to maintain your attention on yes, that. Even when the, the yakety yak yak of the enemy is trying to get your attention away from come on, that. Come on. Pastor the big bad wolf. Yeah. Remember the little baby bison? The big bad wolf. The big good mama. The big bad wolf. The big good mama. What are you going to pay attention to? The big bad wolf or your heavenly father? He's never failed you. What are you going to, what are you, what are you anxious for now about? Hallelujah. I'm so thankful for the word of God. Now, um, if a person doesn't have the faith for something, it's not because it's not being offered to them by God. I don't know if you know what I just said. You can build faith. Sometimes people say, I just don't have faith for that. Well, it's offered to you. 
Why don't you do the right things to build that? Amen. Um, If somebody doesn't have faith, it's not because it's offered. He's simply revealing, when a person says that, they're simply revealing, my attention hasn't been on what brings it. It's kind of an indictment, you know, whether it's me, you, or that post right there. (laughs) Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Got quiet on that. So we're simply revealing that our attention has been on other things that would, uh, other than what would bring faith if we constantly or don't have the faith for something. Yeah, we start out, we don't have the faith for everything, but, but if we, to, to live there constantly is not because God, it's not because God doesn't offer us more faith. Amen. Hallelujah. What we're doing is we're revealing that other things are deemed more worthy of our attention than the word. And having a strong, robust faith is not, we don't see the value of that. So we don't give our attention to what would build that. We give our attention to whatever we give our attention to. The Amplified says, don't give importance to or occupy yourself with these things that are not training you in faith. That's 1 Timothy 1.4 in the Amplified. So there's a divine faith school that the Holy Ghost will take you through and build your faith if you listen to him. If you listen to the, not only listen to his instructions, but listen to the instructor. 1 John 2.27 says, the anointing in you will teach you all things. He'll teach you what has been uh, hindering your development of your faith. He'll teach you. He'll say, don't spend so much time with your attention on that. The counselor inside of you. Now, how well we listen to him determines if this faith, this development of faith process is slow or, or, or just real, just starts happening real quick. Hallelujah. So pay attention to your divine training, which is in faith. That's what the Amplified says there. First Timothy one, four, your divine training that is in faith. And so occupy yourself with it. Listen to the teacher. He's, he's training, training you on the inside. I know there's, it's a constant thing with me. I, I'm sure the Lord, if, if anyone's listening, that's a constant thing with him. He's constantly saying, uh, no, don't do that. Or do this. Or, or right now, do this. Or he's just constantly. And the more I listen to that, the better my faith is developing. And the more peace I walk in. Yeah. yeah, I remember back after the election, the Holy Ghost pulled me back. I was into the news by the minute. Yeah. 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 You know why people didn't say amen there? Let <clears throat> me go over here. I was into the development minute by minute almost. I'm talking about weeks afterwards. Boy, he, he smacked me around one day. I don't mean that. I don't mean it as a mean, in a mean way, but I mean, yeah. he grabbed my attention. He said, get your mind back on me. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Yeah. It was strong yeah. because it was, I was getting, I was opening the door to the enemy. He knew that that yeah. torment that used to bother me would come back. Yeah. Right. Amen. Praise, Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. How many of you know the Holy Ghost is in there? He's your teacher. He'll teach you all these things. Including how to have a vibrant faith life. The faith that's hitting on all cylinders, so to speak. You, 
You know, you ever heard a Model T not hitting on all cylinders? You know, just... <laughs> Your faith ought to hum. Just... There goes Matt and Leanne. Every cylinder hitting, man. Woo! Pow! <laughs> hey, man, I bought my vehicle, and I, like, I heard all about him, and I liked it. Pastor, Les, Pastor Nancy let me drive hers, and I said, uh-huh, uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, ma'am. Mm-hmm. She said, Pastor, you drive today. I want you to be able to. I said, uh-huh, yeah. So I liked them. But hers didn't have the sound that the one I test drove here in Des Moines had. Mine's a supercharged eight-cylinder. And man, I thought, before I started, I was like, oh, this is the color I like. I think I like this one. I started it up, got out on the road. You got to test drive it. You can't just, you can't just putt-putt. You got you to test it. So I found my chance. I wanted it before that, but when I heard the sound, I'm buying the sound. I don't even care about You can have the car. Give me that sound. I want that sound. <laughs> Hitting on all cylinders. Whoa, man. Anyway, I digress. No, yours won't beat mine. I told you. <laughs> anyway. So, thank God for the Holy Ghost teacher. Hallelujah. The problem with most people is that they, you know, have never learned to pay attention to the teacher. They, they just, they don't listen to what will, he'll guide them into what would help them build faith, but they don't listen to those, those promptings. You know what I'm talking about? A lot of people haven't been taught that. A lot of churches don't teach how to listen down here when your head's trying to figure something out up here. Amen. And so uh, the teacher inside will take you through your own personal faith school. How important is it to you to have a thriving faith? I'm talking about a faith that overcomes all that the devil throws at you in this last days. Amen. I mean, there's just a lot of stuff happening. Just a lot of stuff happening. Uh, but your attention has to be on what builds faith that overcomes all of that. First John 5, 4, right? Hallelujah. So what you give your attention to occupying yourself with reveals what is important to you. If basketball is taking up all your time, uh, nothing wrong with basketball, but if it's hindering your faith and, it's, and to do that, you got to override down here. Y'all still understand what I'm talking about? Uh, then it's uh, more important to you than faith. Amen. Amen. Just look straight ahead. So the man who disciplines his mind to think continuously on the re- word reveals that, his pri- that he prizes the word as the source of a strong, vibrant faith. He recognizes the pearl of great price that it is, and he sells all to get it. Remember that Matthew 13, Jesus said, man finds a pearl great price. He sells everything to get it. Well, you got to recognize the, the value of having faith. Yes, yes. Yes. Remember the Bible said about, uh, about uh, faith, cast not away therefore your confidence, which hath great recompense of reward. Yeah. 
Amplified says glorious recompense and reward. There, there is a huge reward to having a strong faith. It's, it's what it is. It's victory all the time. Victory all the time. Victory in your mind. Victory in all your circumstances. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Now go to Luke 18. We don't have a whole lot of time here, but let's, let's start what I was really going to talk about today. <laughs> Luke 18, verse 8. Jesus tells us when he comes back what he's going to be looking for. He says that at the end of the verse, Luke 18, 8, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on the earth? So that tells you when he comes, he's got what he's going to be looking for. Remember what Jesus told me whenever I was a child, uh, and then later when we started pastoring, put the two together, go tell my people I'm coming soon. And then he said, tell them to get ready. And so I became interested in more recent days of really studying about what ready looks like, according to the word, not my thinking or your thing, but what does the Bible say ready looks like? And so I've been going through all those things and I haven't got to even, I don't think, I don't even think a quarter of them yet, but... Um, faith is one thing that ready looks like. Yes. Yes. It has a, a, fi- a vibrant faith. Woost says uh, the aforementioned faith. Well, he find the aforementioned faith. If you go back to the parable right before that, it was a story about a woman who was not being uh, given justice because a judge was unjust and uh, she persevered and got it. And so... Uh, that kind of faith is what he's referring to. Now, the unjust judge is not God. Uh, every verse pr- proves that he, the unjust judge is not God. But there will be times it will appear as if, you know, the, the realm of sight will tell you God's unfaithful. He's not doing for me what he promised he would do for me. What are you going to do in times like that? You're going to persevere. It's not God holding out on you. It's the enemy trying to keep you from obtaining. And sight is the unjust judge. Remember, Jesus said, uh, judge not according to appearances, but judge righteous judgment. Now, we went through that real fast. I could take a whole two services and show you all that. But the, here's the thing. What's he coming? If, if, you, if you know what he's going to be looking for when he comes, then you know what to do to be, to be ready for his coming. One thing he's going to be looking for is a faith that's strong and vibrant whenever he comes. When you were a child, did your parents ever tell you now, you know, they're, they're, they're getting ready to get off work, call you and say, now, what are you doing? Are you, are, you, are you taking care of, are you getting everything done that I told you to get done? Are you cleaning your room, so forth and so on? Your answer will be yay or nay, depending on whether you're a liar or not. And, you know, but they say, when, you get, when I get home, I'm, I need your room to be clean. All right. Thank you, dad. I will, mom, whatever. Right, so when they get home, they go into your room, and it's not done, guess what? You're not ready to meet them at their coming. (laughs) They're coming, they're coming. Whether you're ready or not is a totally different thing. They're coming, right? So there's going to be a reckoning whenever they come. Praise the Lord. And so when he comes, what's he going to be looking for? Amen. Is he going to check and see if your hair is combed, your teeth are brushed and whatever? That you have a tie on that day or whatever? 
No, he's going to be looking at, <laughs> I made all that up. I don't know where that came from, but he, you, he's going to be looking for the condition of your faith. One, one thing, there's other things as well. We don't have, we, we got other things to get into, but one thing is, I don't think Christians really think about this much. He's going to be looking at the condition of their faith. Do you know why? Uh, we got a lot to say about this. The reason is because it's faith that brought Jesus here the first time. It's faith that's going to bring him back the second time. That's one reason. Another reason is it's faith that gives you the victory over all that Satan throws at you in this last days. And by walking by faith, you're going to stay in your place and not be knocked out bringing your supply to the work of God in the last days. But another reason has nothing to do with this life. Nothing to do with this life whatsoever. Um, the life that is to come will require your faith. And, and your faith, if it's not developed in this life, it won't be ready for any assignments in the life to come. It won't be immediately ready. God needs some people that have it yeah. immediately ready yeah. to do some things whenever he comes. Yeah. Absolutely. So you have to realize that this life is just a training ground for the life to come. Think about a couple of verses. Um, according to Luke 19, 17, he said unto him, well done, thou good and faithful, uh, well done, done, thou good servant, uh, because thou hast been faithful in a very little, have thou authority over 10 cities. This is the reference to when Jesus comes. This is Luke 19, 17. When he comes, he's going to look at whether we were faithful in this life, and then he's going to give us assignments in the life to come. And it has to do with authority, walking in authority. How do you do that? By faith. That's how you exercise authority now, right? Matthew 25, 21, his Lord said unto him, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Thou hast been faithful over a few things. I will make thee ruler over many things. Enter thou into the joy of the Lord. <clears throat> so being faithful, we look at faithfulness as just doing what he said. And that's faithfulness. But how do you stay in that and not get knocked out of being faithful? You're going to have to use your faith. All right. So this life is training for the life to come. It's training for reigning. It, this life is just a proving ground of who will be ready for assignments in the life to come and what those assignments will be. So when we go to be with Jesus, we'll stand before the judgment seat of Christ and there'll be a lot happening there. We don't have time right now to get into all that's going to be happening there. But one thing he's going to examine is what's the condition of their spiritual development? What's the condition of their faith? Have they practiced it, exercised it, used it? And is it ready for use in assignments right now for some other things that I need them to be doing? We're not going up to heaven, sitting on a cloud, sipping lemonade, playing a harp. There will be assignments. There will be assignments. I said there will be assignments. And if our faith is not being developed here 
and not being uh, used and made ready for him in the life to come, rather than be ready, readily available, he'll say, okay, you can step over here. There's a class over here. We're going to teach you about how to walk by faith, how to exercise authority, how to rule and reign, how to, yeah. how to not give in to your feelings, how to, how to, how to, how to. Most Christians think that whenever they are raptured, they will automatically, immediately be mature. Not so. You will take the spiritual condition you have in this life into that life. Now, you will immediately know more than you know now. You will immediately know more, but that doesn't equal spiritual development. You've got to practice all that that you start knowing to develop spiritually. Amen. Amen. Woo, praise the Lord. So understand, you have to, uh, you have to be prepared. Brother Hagin used to always pray that, Lord, prepare me for what you prepared for me. Now that's in this life. There's a lot to do down here in this life. Prepare us for what you prepared for us to do in this life. But also, Lord, if I develop all these, you know, the fruit of the Spirit, all the love, all the pers- perseverance, all these things, faith, faithfulness and all these things in this life, that'll be, I'll be much more prepared for what he wants me to do there. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I want mine to be readily usable. I don't want to have to go to somebody else's faith school. <laughs> Walk in, there's Brother Hagin. Ring, ring, ring. Sit down, students. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Some of you are still looking at me, but you need to examine the scriptures about what I'm talking about. But the preparation and the development of faith for that life will happen down here in this life. Not that it won't continue to develop in that life, but I'm simply saying you enter into that life in the stage you exit this life. In the, in the development that you exit this life with. Well, praise the Lord. How good, aren't you, how good are you at counting it all joy in this life? How good are you at using your faith to stir the gift of God? When nobody's encouraging you, you encourage yourself in the Lord. How good are you at stepping out in obedience whenever your feelings in your flesh don't want to do it? How good are you at holding him to his word? How good are you at saying, my God supplies all my needs and that I've got to supply uh, even whenever I don't look like I have the, the ability to obey what God told me to do. How good are you at counting him faithful when it doesn't look he, like he is faithful? I'm quitting. I'm not going back to church. I, you know, I tried that faith business and, and, and it doesn't work. No, it tried you and you flunked. Yeah, that's it. I didn't know it was going to go like this today, but it, (laughs) amen. We got to learn to suck it up and say, well, I don't understand all that happened there, but anyway, he's faithful. It wasn't me. I mean, it wasn't him. It was me. It was, it was me. He's faithful. Lord, what I don't see, teach me. What I don't know, show me. Hallelujah. The Bible says that Sarah uh, received strength, to, this is Hebrews 11, 11, received strength to conceive seed when she was past age because she judged him faithful who had promised. Faithful. He's faithful. 
He's faithful. He's faithful. He's faithful. The devil's always making accusations against God saying, you shouldn't trust him. He's not faithful. You know how you tried to do it over here and it didn't work out and all that. It wasn't on his side. Hey, if it's good, it's God. If it's not, it was me. Somewhere I didn't make my connection. Why is it that frail, imperfect, feeble, fragile human beings have some experience that they don't think is the way it ought to turn out and they instantly get mad at God who has never missed it, never been unfaithful to any one of us. I'm not going to serve him anymore. I'm mad at God. That's foolishness. That's foolishness. We're, we're, we're imperfect and he has never failed. Never failed. We could teach on that a while, but it's, we're out of time. Hallelujah. Well, who he, he who began a good work in you will be faithful to complete. Stay with him. Stay with him. Stay with him. Don't side in against him. Don't get angry at him. Just stay, stay on his side. Say, Lord, uh, something I don't understand here maybe, but, but, but uh, you're faithful. I, I know. I know you're faithful. Amen. Stand with me this morning. Praise the Lord. How about... Remember Peter, he started walking on the water and remember Jesus said, come, Peter, Mark, Mark, I mean, uh, Matthew 14, Jesus said, come. He started walking on the water to go to Jesus and he got his attention on the wind and the waves yeah. Yeah. and uh, he began to sink. He didn't, he didn't sink like a rock. He began to sink. I mean, he was on top. Now his ankles are under and his knees started going under <laughs> and uh, Bible said he, he got his, his attention on the wind and the waves, right? Uh, the Bible said the winds were boisterous. You ever heard a boisterous person talking? Remember I always told you about Clyde Ficus? That was his strategy, boisterous. The devil likes to talk that way, boisterous. It's intimidating. It, it tries to grab your attention, grab your senses and grab your... Yeah, and, and fill you with fear, trying, yeah. trying to get your mind off of what keeps, pe- yeah. keeps you in peace and so forth. And uh, that's the way the wind was talking. And so Peter's, P- Peter walked on, he heard coming, he started walking on the water, and then he started hearing another voice, yeah. the boisterous yeah. voice yeah. of, you can't walk on water, you know all the thoughts. Yeah. And so he began to sink. Yeah. So when he says, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on the earth? Faith comes by hearing. But well, you could say, when he comes, will he find people that are listening to my voice, even though, the, even though there's a boisterous voice down there? Yakety, yak, yak. The boisterous voice of fear, of you're going under. Amen. The devil talking. Faith comes by hearing. So you could say, when I come, will I, will, will I find people just listening to my voice and not the voice that, you know, because things will talk to you. Things like these things Jesus mentioned, tsunamis, earthquakes, wars, and so forth. They'll talk to you. Perplexity. You know, the nations right now are not sure what's going to happen economically. They are perplexed. Not that there are not answers. They just don't have them. Because they've rejected the answer that yeah. is the answer. But they're perplexed. That doesn't mean you have to listen to that perplexed voice. 
When I come, will I have, will, will there be people just listening to my voice, not that perplexed voice of no answers? This, you, 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 this just goes into every area of life, doesn't it? <clears throat> I've been in torment and peace is better. I'm staying with peace. Can I get a witness? Anybody else? Staying with peace. Staying with peace. Staying with peace. In the Egypt, in, when, when there was plagues in Egypt, all those plagues, you know, the 10 plagues, um, none of those plagues were in Goshen where the people of God were. If you read that very carefully, what is it? Exodus 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, something done through there. You read it. It said God severed Goshen or he made a di division between Egypt and Goshen. I'm telling you, we are separate. We have been separated unto God, into his care. And we're going to be like that little buffalo. Anybody, I, I am. Anybody going to join me? We're going to be like a little buffalo. Let the wolf over there growl, whatever he wants to do. We're just going to take in our father's care, take in his love for us, take in his power, take in his angelic ministry to, to provide for us and bring in and do whatever they need to do. Praise the Lord. I'm telling you, we are an untouchable people. Untouchable. Glory to God. Glory to God.